Today on Dad Ventures, we're diving deep into the adventure of fatherhood with a special guest who's all about daring to be a dad. Today I'm joined by Jesse Jarvis, a dad of three, and the creative force behind the Dare to Dad Instagram account. With 20 years of experience leading and coaching young adults, Jesse brings a wealth of wisdom to the table when it comes to navigating the wild ride of parenting. In our conversation, we explore the power of responsive parenting, how to encourage responsibility in your kids, and why communication is key in building strong family bonds. Plus, Jesse shares his insights on tackling tough conversations, connecting with sons, and why dads play such a crucial role in their children's lives. Going into this conversation, I didn't plan to get as personal and vulnerable as I did, but I think that really speaks to the collaborative spirit that Jesse brings as well as the power of dads coming together to lift each other and encourage each other on the adventure of fatherhood. Raise your hand if this has happened to you today. You're in the middle of work, you're knocking things off the to-do list, getting stuff done, and your kid asks you to play. Do you drop everything? Do you ask them to wait a minute? What do you do? If you're like me, you don't always say yes right away. The kid moves on, you get busy, and you forget to circle back around and play. An opportunity to make a memory has been lost, and the dad guilt settles in. Not so anymore. I've developed a simple game that will enable you to take those small moments and have fun. It's called Dad's Adventure Dice Digital Edition. My five-year-old daughter asks me nearly every day, can we do Dad Adventure Dice? What follows are some quick rolls of the dice that lead to a fun activity with an intriguing twist. Within five or ten minutes, we've had a lot of fun, shared a lot of laughter, and made a memory together. Download your own Dad's Adventure Dice today. Visit store.adventures.dad to download yours. That's store.adventure.dad to download Dad's Adventure Dice. Well, Jesse, tell me a little bit. You've talked a little bit about um, responsive parenting. Could you speak a little bit about what you mean by what is responsive parenting and kind of what is the unique role that dads have in being a responsive parent? Yeah. Thanks, Aaron. The, um, the idea of responsive is you're in tune and connected to your kids, uh, which is usually where a lot of us start. Um, where it goes overboard is where you start solving their problems for them. And so you're stepping in too soon. You're not, uh, you're not, letting them fail you're not letting them uh suffer the consequences of some of their choices but uh but you're responsive you're right there with them and one of the great questions for responsive parenting that i use is uh what are you going to do mm-hmm. right she kicked them up oh my gosh dad my my homework's not done my teacher saying that it's i'm not going to be able to pass now responsive parenting listens to the comment great and we first of all we're having this conversation some parents don't even do that and but the next step is not well let me solve everything for you but the more restrained what are you going to do and then you hopefully just let it sit there and that one question uh probably saves me the most sort of mental energy as a parent because it stops me from trying to problem solve which i want to do i love my kids Mm-hmm. Uh, but is hopefully teaching them this sense of personal responsibility that I've made these choices and and they're they're my responsibility now to solve them. Now I've got someone with me. I'm not on my own. 
I got someone here who's present, who's with me, who I can bounce ideas off of. And, uh, you know, if they get stuck, I step in a little bit sometimes and be like, well, I heard, uh, you know, I heard your friend Lucas, uh, you know, he does an hour of homework after school all on his own or something, right? Like, you can do that. You know, I heard they're hiring at the mine. You only need a grade eight education to go there. So, you know, you got this range. And so you, just, <laughs> you can sprinkle them in, right? But you get them yeah. started. <clears throat> get them started. And so you're there. You're not answering it, but you're um, responsive. And so uh, I didn't create that term, but uh, as I started to read and the stuff that I've identified with this uh, genre of parenting, of responsive parenting, uh, really resonates uh, with me. And I've, yeah. I've found, found awesome results with it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That resonates with me as well. And I think you talked, you know, about the personal responsibility and what are you going to do, right? And and I think those sort of ideas or concepts are really dad focused. Like we love moms. Moms are going to be very nurturing and in general and very loving and and just kind of wrap their arms around the kids. And that's great. And we need that. Um, but asking the question, what are you going to do about that? And letting yeah. them sit with that and solve their own problem, it's amazing. I've got I've got a preschooler girl. And every day she never, she, she never knows where her shoes are when it's time to go to preschool. She never knows where her shoes are. Right. And yeah. I've tried to teach her like, look, you put your shoes off in the same place every single time right here and you put them in the bin and then you don't have to think about it. I've tried to teach her that, but every day it's, I'm crying. I don't know where my shoes are. And the tears are running down on her face. And I, I could easily go look around the house and be like, okay, here's your shoes. But I, instead it's like, no, um, where do you think your shoes are? What are you going to do about that? Where do you think you need to look for them? Where yeah. have you looked for them? And just kind of coach her and mentor her, her through that problem-solving experience. Um, I like that. Yeah, it's a huge, and it's, it's more of a paternal role. And, you know, there's, uh, what is it, one in three homes, at least in America, like there's no father presence, period, right? And so you miss out on this sense of, of, of responsibility and mm -hmm. yeah but it's a uh it's hard even as a dad i just want to solve all their problems all the yeah. time you know what i mean yeah. Yeah. or uh you know in my darker times like i'm in a rush like i'm just gonna grab your shoes and we're gonna get to school at the time i wanted to not five minutes later so it's a discipline but you know with good community and uh, uh good input like you know listen to podcasts things like that it's it, it, it makes a big difference. And, you know, you start mm -hmm. stacking these W's and then pretty soon, you know, they know where the shoes are or they're hanging up their jacket or their rooms are more orderly, you know, and uh, that's maybe not what everyone wants for their kids. Uh, but that's certainly what I'm what I'm chasing as a parent is uh, giving them a strong sense of, of responsibility. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Personal responsibility. That's kind of in my list of top five values that I'm trying to inculcate in my kids. Personal responsibility is one of them. And thinking through. Yeah, choices. You have, choices, you have the, decisions. What else is in the top five? What else cracks the top five? Um, high, high independence uh, would be yeah. would be another one, which was highly related to personal responsibility, mm -hmm. um, and then a high degree of respect. Um, and I mean, mean respect, respect for themselves, respect for others, um, and also a respect for community and for God. We're a very religious family in our household, so sort of a respect to some moral or value system that is yeah. bigger than us. Um, and adhering to that. Um, I, I think those would be in there. What the top, what the last one is that rounds it all out. I can't remember off the top of my head, but uh, those are, Wasn't those important are some anyway. of the high ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So let's talk a little bit about communication. Jesse, you've got three kids. Mm -hmm. I would love to hear from you. Um, 
maybe a time when you feel like communication was just excellent with your kids and they got it and you got it and you bonded mm -hmm. and it was amazing. But also I want to hear another time in which communication didn't go so well and sort of what you learned from both of those experiences. Uh, yeah, let's start with the failure because that'll be the funniest, especially with <laughs> this uh, self-given thought leader dad title that I carry now, um, <laughs> which I'm top 500 in the world. At least there you go. Google. Yeah. But um, so <laughs> I read uh, when I first heard this idea of a family motto, I got very, very excited and I got too excited. So um, I thought, OK, I'm going to take we kind of have a Friday night tradition of pizza and whatever show is on. Right. Sort of Mandalorian or we just finished the mm -hmm. Percy Jackson mm -hmm. one. But we kind of have oh, this yeah. communal. I like I like the communal family experience. Screens aren't toxic, just that they I like them being used uh, appropriately. Plus, I would never watch those shows on my own. But anyway, <laughs> I, I get so excited for this uh, family motto idea and improving communication and all its benefits that I say, "Hey guys, we're still gonna have pizza, but instead of watching TV that you've been looking forward to all week, we're gonna meet and talk about our feelings and what's important." <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and uh, I just was so deluded. And so we're sitting at the table, and I'm trying to get them to talk, but they're they're you know I've just robbed them of the this other thing, and so they weren't excited about it at all. So that ended up being more of just a monologue, and I ended up getting frustrated. Like, isn't this important to you guys? I want to talk about this. This is your, and uh, had to cut the cord about 50 minutes in, uh, and that uh, that was that was pretty recent, but that tied into something i was like oh man we just you know what's funny we just need this in our routine i was trying to overcorrect, mm -hmm. which i think is such a common parenting thing where you realize you're doing something the wrong way and so then you go oh i gotta fix this and you go way too far the other way yeah and yeah. so i said okay instead of that uh we're just gonna talk at sunday dinner mm -hmm. that'll be our designs this is our we're gonna talk it's, I don't call it a family meeting, but I set aside time. I warned them all, though. I'm like, hey, Sunday nights, this is our talking meal in the books. No anything. I want you all to be ready. We're going to be talking. And once we got that routine, and once I'd sort of earned the trust, then we were able to do the things I wanted to do, which was, you know, uh, great. So then communication improved. Once I overcorrect, once I corrected it more slowly, right? When, when I tried yeah. this huge overcorrection, um, it had the opposite effect. But um, just being intentional and and uh, just planning ahead, I think, would be the, uh, the the difference there, right? It's like, okay, I'm not going to correct this in a day. I'm going to correct this over the course of a month or six weeks. I'm going to sit down. And once kids felt safe, well, then they, you know, they could talk all about what was important to them and who they wanted to be. And um, as far as communication, those meetings ended up being incredibly powerful. Because now at the end yeah. of the week, you know, Anyone carrying grievances can sort of air it out. Um, we can talk about ways we held up our, you know, our ourselves or ways that we let each other down. And it becomes a space now where um, we don't let things fester too long and we celebrate things that, you know, maybe got missed in the whirlwind of a normal week. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I love oh, that. I, uh, I, I don't know if you're familiar with, I think it's Bruce Filer, Fowler. 
something along those lines kind of wrote the book uh what is it secrets of happy families where he just kind of would like sit and observe families that were functioning really well and just kind of write like what they were doing and he sat down with one and the dad was a, a software developer and in software development they they work in essentially two-week sprints and at the end of that sprint they have a retroactive type of a type of a meeting where the team sits down and they essentially have three questions that they ask what went well in the last sprint what can we do better and and what are we going to do to improve like which one of these things are we going to do better wow, and so this this software developer applied that same concept to his family model and they would have like a weekly meeting sort of like what you described uh, yeah. and they would just say we as a family how did we how did we do did we work well as a family what do we need to improve upon and then what goal are we going to choose and how are we going to measure that how are we going to put this into practice and he talks about how he first tried to do this and he didn't get the questions quite right. And so he was asking the kids, like, what did you do right? And what did you do wrong? And what are you going to do better? And it was all very individualized, which is there's a place for that. But he was hoping for more for like the familial sort of system to sit down and kind of do this retroactive reflection. Yeah. And then set a goal. And then we as a family are working towards that goal for the next week or two weeks or whatever the time frame was. Yeah, that's awesome. We, uh, we aren't quite there. I'm not in the software development field myself, but, you know, the role of dad as the leader is, is changing. And it's so funny. I think you would have had more of that when the roles were more defined. Like I talk mm. in other spaces about, you know, 100 years ago, there was no doubt about who's going to work, who was bringing, you know, who the roles were right. pretty defined. Right. And, and, and who's going to cook the meals and things like that. And um, I think there is some confusion for men and dads now about what they can lead on and what they can't. Um, but, you know, we have these incredible partners. We just do it together. But it, you still need to lead and take that, take charge of it, as you would any team. So that's really cool. Yeah, so, we, ours, ours are functioning like that in some senses and it's but it's uh yeah essentially mostly just a an, up, an upholding of it's just looking over the week i find that just i call the the day-to-day -day of, of just the whirlwind like we're just in the whirlwind this mm -hmm. hour we're outside the whirlwind hey how'd it go hey did you do this how do you feel about that so-and-so took my legos earlier yeah well did you apologize no let's move on right like mm -hmm. we don't one thing that's important for uh, my family right now is just we don't um, we don't let uh, confrontation last long. Like once once you have conflict, yeah. we resolve it right away. Yeah, and we don't let that fester. You know, perfect families are not places that don't have conflict. Um, they are places where you teach them how to resolve conflict. And again, that's a strong paternal role, right? Like of resolving yep. conflict of regulation of uh you know controlling power and controlling your volume and you know being um disciplined mm -hmm. that way so um yeah if anyone hasn't done it i strongly recommend don't you know describe anything you want to it try and make the meal interesting i would say on that side right you can't make that yeah. meal lame this isn't a kd night this is something to be excited yeah. about um yeah. sorry that's a canadianism we, we eat a lot of <laughs> dinner we call it kd i just realized that Okay. Um, All right. Uh, yeah, the the whole thing up here. The boxes just say Katie. Anyway, um, is it like a like a is it like a boring meal like a like a starchy just kind of rice or what kind of what is it? 
Oh, it's just the new, this is the mac, mac and cheese that from Kraft. Oh, okay. Single box okay. mac and cheese, but we have a whole infrastructure base around it because it's so popular. Read like just okay. within Canada, somehow, somewhere it got extremely popular. And so okay. Haiti is short term for mac and cheese. Oh, got it. Okay. All right. So, Canadians uh, like their mac and cheese. Did we do. That. That's true. <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, something to look forward to. But, you know, if you don't seize the time, you, you don't ever get it. You know, if you don't say Sunday nights, we talk, you never talk. If you don't say, uh, this is what we do, then the whirlwind just follows you up, right? I got three kids. Mm -hmm. I'm even looking at my 14-year-old going, man, I'm like, where, what? Right? Yeah. Where, where, where did you go? Where'd you the just... time passes, yeah. And, it, and that's, that's the whirlwind of of parenting and so you can't seize everything you got to pick what's important i found mm -hmm. spaces for our kids to treat them like adults and treat them like parents is, is really uh really high value so yeah yeah i love how you say that you know you have to be deliberate and seize that that time seize that space um because otherwise the whirlwind of life you know we're humans we'll go to the path of least resistance and i was kind of feeling this the other night like you know it's kind of you know had a couple of kids watching tv and another kid playing a video game and we we're getting on towards bedtime and uh you know i was like okay everybody turn off the screen it's bedtime and we we're about to you know start the chaos of bedtime but then i was like you know what we haven't really had a lot of like family togetherness today and you know we're we're a religious household so i was like okay everybody stop what you're doing before we do bedtime we're gonna just have family prayer we're just gonna get together and awesome. do a little prayer together have a little moment to be together and then we'll go on to the chaos of bedtime and, and awesome. all that will happen. But it's like, you have to take those moments and really be deliberate about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Religious or not. I mean, just say we're going to take time to be grateful. Mm -hmm. Before we go to bed, yeah. I want to hear something you're grateful for. Like these spaces are important, no matter, you know, what your sort of religious background, the spaces matter yeah. to the family. Yeah. And uh, you're right, those moments, and you're probably tired, right? I know I've been getting on my phone going, oh, my gosh, okay. Almost facing <laughs> that. You're like, okay, it's, it's, it's coming. You're just waiting. Yeah. Like, it's coming. Uh, but, yeah, it's, um, and they add up. Like, you know, these, um, these little things don't seem like they matter until your kid, you're dropping your kid off at college, I think. Yeah. They're yeah. only retroactive where you'll look back and be, oh, I wish. I wish we prayed more. I wish we'd done more. Right? Yeah. Wish so, we had spent more time together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um that's a that's a good word. And yeah, uh, yeah that's uh that's smart. Circling back around a little bit to communication, um, being a dad often involves having tough conversations with your kids. Yeah. And usually usually these conversations are bar uh, usually these conversations are about morals or family values. Um, maybe they've been broken or haven't been completely understood by the kids. But just mm -hmm. tough conversations kind of of any nature. That Usually it's a dad who takes those upon himself. What like practical tips do you have for dads when approaching challenging conversations with their kids? How do they prepare for that? What should they do during that conversation? What tips do you have? Well, it's almost too large a topic to offer specific advice because, you know, if you're, you know, if you're 14 year old son, if you caught him on porn, that's a, something that's got to stop right away. If, you've, mm -hmm. if uh, you know, if you're just using too many screens, you feel like there's a screen addiction, there's 
maybe a different conversation there. If you find out someone's being bullied or being bullied at school, there's a range of things that sort of are need to be dealt with immediately. Um, I would just caution overcorrect. So if you let, if you can be honest enough with yourself to be like, shoot, I need to have this conversation, but we aren't like I haven't, you know, I've been working and I haven't been home and. Um, so I'm going to try and force this very important conversation now. Uh, I, I would recommend that would be my advice is do not do that as important as it seems. Getting that conversation right the first time is too important. And so for me, I try and earn. Earn the right. So if I know there's something big coming because uh you know i heard you were picking on someone at school or there's something right or you for real life like you, you know you say your homework son it's really not done mm -hmm. um uh i give them space so i'll be i'll set up a date this is what i actually do i'll set up one-on-one -on -one time to be like mm -hmm. hey we're going out so they never see it coming maybe they do now but <laughs> at least the person <laughs> is excited yeah just excited to go so we're out uh and i give them space and then i can usually tell within the first 20 30 minutes if we're ready to talk or not if, the, if they're quiet if they're pulling away if they're not uh reciprocating then i'm like okay i got my work cut out for me and i try and just listen i'll spend i'll spend that 45 minutes uh trying to listen to sort of build a base of love and readiness to hear it and then I'll follow it up with a conversation the next day. I'll be like, hey, can we go for a walk or can we do this? Or one on one in the car works good. Yeah. And then you have the yeah. space to do it. You only need the 10 or 15 minutes because you've taken the time to um to to earn the right or lay the base or whatever, whatever you want to use. But um yeah. So easy to avoid. The temptation to avoid it is huge. Yes. Yeah. But you know. This is what's giving, well, that's a generalization, but you know, this is the role of men and the role of dads. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah and it's, I, it, it's okay to generalize that. I think a little bit, and it yeah. is definitely the role of dads. And I, you know, everything that you're describing brought up a, a memory for me, which was, I remember when I was a young teenager and I had some behavior that needed to be corrected and my dad didn't fly off the handle. He was very deliberate. And I think it was about a day or two later. And he's like, Hey, let's go to the auto parts store. I was like, here we okay. go. So we get in the car and, uh, you know, he starts asking a couple of questions and I didn't want to open up at all. Um, but he was very patient and, uh, and just kind of kept asking a couple of questions. Let me think for a little bit, but it was about halfway through the auto parts store. And I actually think looking at our hometown, I actually think he skipped maybe like one or two other stores to get to this, to get this store and all the way on the other side of town. Um, and, uh, but it was about halfway through that conversation where I just kind of just opened up and just kind of, you know, shared a lot of the stuff that was going on and, he was able to give me some advice and correct some of that behavior. And, and, uh, and then, you know, we had a completely different conversation on the way back home after we actually, we actually did go to the auto parts store. It wasn't just something you made up, but, but, yeah. uh, well, I don't know, maybe it was, maybe we didn't need a light bulb or whatever it was that he bought there, but, yeah. but, uh, yeah, it was just, you know, uh, a one-on-one -on -one in the car auto parts store, which, you know, manly plays traditionally. And, uh, and, and, uh, he was just really patient and deliberate and not avoidant of, of correcting that particular behavior with me. And I'm sure it was a very uncomfortable conversation for him. He's a very agreeable person, doesn't like conflict. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, for him to open up and have that tough conversation, um, you know, I remember that to that day. And I, I, when I go through my hometown and I see that store, 
it's no longer an auto parts store, but the building's still there. And I remember that and wow. those values that he was trying to inculcate in me. Um, and you know, it's been 20 years, so that's awesome. There's something I can't cite it, but with guys, so father to son, more so than father to daughter, side to side opens up more than eye contact. Yes. Mm-hmm. So if you can be in the car, if you can be on a walk, if you can be at the store. There's something about side by side that actually allows men to open up more so than than eye to eye, where you're sitting across from each other. Like apparently, there's a feeling of safety and a feeling, um, something. Yeah. So yeah. And, uh, so that's really interesting that in that story that your dad's got all this side to side. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm not I'm not taking you out. I'm like, right. That would that would have been probably too yeah. much. Yeah. That's like no, well, I'm gonna you know we got these other things that we're doing and this is very much the reason that i know why we're here but you do not know yeah yeah exactly exactly well and there's yeah. another thing too um i don't know if you've heard of the wonder of parenting podcast um great mm-hmm. podcast by um a couple of guys one of them's a neuroscientist and he studied sort of the brain and child development and the wow. male brain speaking in generalities the male brain really relates to spatial things like things moving in some level of space yeah so they really recommend when you have those conversations like yes side by side but also moving and you you've mentioned this too go out on a walk move your body or now you're in a car and you've got these images that are moving past you as you're moving in the car or you know taking a a football or a frisbee or a baseball outside and tossing that back and forth so you have some level of movement and that can start to activate um male brains um so much so and you know, it works with our girls as well. I mean, it's not detrimental to our to our girls, but with our boys, that's particularly helpful. Rather than just the we're going to sit across from a table and stare into each other's eyes and bare our souls to each other, that that doesn't work as well as as movement or side by side, as you mentioned. Agreed, and it's and for me, it's so important to make the distinction. So if I'm talking directly to dads, and we are, I suppose, then it's just how helpful is it to know the difference, right? Mm-hmm. This this conversation, if we're still on that topic. This conversation, a difficult or fierce conversation I have to have with my son, has got to happen. It's got to happen. And you want to get it right. Like, there's nothing worse than uh, blowing up that, blowing up the conversation that's supposed to fix something, right? Where you can get dysregulated and now you're all heated up or you need to go take a break. That is not what you want at all. You want to be in control of yourself and of of this time, the sacred time. And so, yeah, these little things make it make a huge difference. Yeah, You know, yeah. as I'm thinking now, I think my most important conversations have almost all come on walks or drives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that matches the neuroscience. That's awesome. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. Raise your hand if this has happened to you today. You're in the middle of work, you're knocking things off the to-do list, getting stuff done, and your kid asks you to play. Do you drop everything? Do you ask them to wait a minute? What do you do? If you're like me, you don't always say yes right away. The kid moves on, you get busy, and you forget to circle back around and play. An opportunity to make a memory has been lost, and the dad guilt settles in. Not so anymore. I've developed a simple game that will enable you to take those small moments and have fun. It's called Dad's Adventure Dice Digital Edition. My five-year-old daughter asks me nearly every day 
can we do dad adventure dice? What follows are some quick rolls of the dice that lead to a fun activity with an intriguing twist. Within 5 or 10 minutes, we've had a lot of fun, shared a lot of laughter, and made a memory together. Download your own Dad's Adventure Dice today. Visit store.adventures.dad to download yours. That's store.adventure.dad to download Dad's Adventure Dice. Speaking of neuroscience, um, you mentioned before we started recording the science on dads, that there's a lot of science coming out on dads, the importance of um, sort of masculine energy in the home. Yeah. Um, What can you speak to there? What are some of the things that you've learned from science and from research about how important dads can be in kids' lives? Well, I only know what I've read, but uh, I feel like there was this notion that dads don't care, and we kind of get it from dogs. So, like, most of us, <laughs> most of us have dogs. Mm-hmm. The dog fathers children, but then you see that he doesn't, you know, often not interested, and then almost doesn't even know that he had kids. Mm-hmm. And there seems that because of that, or whatever, with that example, maybe in our homes and in our lives, it seems to be okay to suggest that human fathers have the same. Uh, biology that we also don't are are less inclined to care about our kids there's some distance there Mm -hmm. yeah but if you look at wolves who live in the wild wolves have a den Mm. with their kids that they keep warm where the mother stays they bring home food they play with their kids and they look after that it's and it's in their dna to look after and care for their little ones and i think we're more like wolves than domesticated dogs if i and i think that's that's a that's an important distinction for men as we learn on how important we are into the roles of our kids and it starts from day one holding your baby different aroma different grip different vibration from your voice so start from a young age you're just learning oh there's another side to a person right this isn't the light you know this isn't the mom grip this is the dad grip right yeah and um and that that's uh it's important they need they need that it's complementary which i think is a word yes maybe overlooked it's not either yes. or. this is not the either or parent conversation it's complimentary and uh dads are compliment all the maternal qualities that your baby and child needs especially when they're young and as they grow and you know in i mentioned this before but canada has this thing called daddy days because the science is so overwhelming which is uh when your baby's born you get five days and we can't be the only socialized nation that does this i'm sure if i look at denmark <laughs> or sweden they have a similar yeah. uh thing i'm sure there would be <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 we don't work at all but anyway um uh we're too busy in america we're too busy to take care of our kids so you, you can take uh, care of them in canada <laughs> yeah we got lots of room but we have these daddy days so you get five days from the first six weeks of your kid being born where our government, like the science and the government is, in is like, no, you're, you're needed, you're necessary, you're valuable. And uh, not only do we want you there, but in a way you need to be there. 
Yeah. And that it's so it starts from the very beginning. And I've, and I've met maybe when I was younger, maybe not so much now, but you know, someone who's about to have a kid and the guys at work going like, yeah, but nothing's going to change. Like, no, nah, we'll be fine. It's like, no, no, everything should change. We have a new element now. Yeah. We have you partner and child, like something new has been created. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to change. And the sooner you embrace it, I think the, the happier uh, you can be as a dad. Yeah. Don't start out wanting to be a bad dad, but the sooner you embrace where you actually are, um, take your daddy days, you know, mm-hmm. take the time. I, you know, I had a very uh, overbearing grandmother who wanted to, you know, change the diapers and do all that extra holding. Get out of here, grandma. Yeah. This, this is my this time. Is me. This is my kid. <laughs> yeah. 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 But yeah. part of me wanted to be nice, but, but um, knowing how important I was, allowed me the confidence to step in like i'm not this this domesticated shit too i'm a i'm a wolf let me in there yeah yeah let me get (laughs) at these little ones right yeah and so i especially when they were younger i loved feeding um Mm -hmm. if you have a newborn get the kid on one bottle so that you can feed once a day give mom a little bit of a break the win 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 um and then the next one would be just get used to changing diapers i i loved it yeah. it was five ten yeah. minutes alone with my guy yeah shut the door no one cares where you are and um you know these moments they stack up and uh and they mean a lot and so and um but if your kids are older and you didn't do that there's there's still lots lots that you can do lots that you can do it's just an identity of who you who you think you can be and and uh what you want for your kids yeah yeah i love that you say that and i i it brings up a vague recollection to me i remember reading of some study at some point where um babies could tell their dad's voice even in the womb before they were born um and they would react differently to that and you know dad's voice is usually a, a lower sort of tone timber whatever the proper sound word is there it's usually deeper yeah. Um, and babies would react to that with, with joy and excitement and energy when they could hear and recognize dad's voice, even in the womb. And um, just spending that little bit of time with them. There's other studies, too, that between um, age zero and two years old, the amount of words that kids are exposed to can activate their brain and help them to gain intelligence and vocabulary like wow. later on in life. And a lot of that comes from dads just speaking to them and talking to them, you know. Women uh, and moms, they tend to do, you know, a lot of the goo-goo and gaga, which is great, and that's fun. Um, but dads are going to be like, okay, sport, you, you left me this big old mess. Let's clean this up now, dude. You got, you got poop everywhere. And, you know, dads are going to talk. If you can talk that out, kind of what you're doing, even as they're babies, that has yep. such compounding effects for them um, going on into the future. And, and, it's, and it's really incumbent upon dads to really take advantage of those moments to really bring some masculine energy um, into their into their kids' lives, yeah, and it's magical. Like I, I loved it. This is not like, this isn't advice. This is do you want to live your best life? Like love your kid. Don't miss mm-hmm. out on them being little. It's awesome. And yeah. now we're starting. The science is coming in. Like oh, benefit A, benefit B, benefit C, mm-hmm. benefit D. Mm-hmm. Great. But for you as a man and as a father, like these these are your moments. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, and and it's you know in a way it sets you up for the future. It doesn't promise anything, but that in and of itself is uh, 
is is incredible and yeah the like i said complimentary and uh mm -hmm. it's uh it's such a such an important role and i just feel just in my own world that uh during covid i found myself more at home mm -hmm. uh, and so i started looking for help and i just i couldn't find these these voices that were telling me i could find lots of guys who wanted to get me super ripped in six weeks that was no problem right. the super alpha male yeah, yeah. I, or or if anyone wanted to sell me crypto i could find that no problem <laughs> right. right but as far as like a uh a voice sharing the the um complimentary value of a father and what that does for your child's long-term benefits and your own long-term benefits uh you know this is stuff that this can't be popular enough. You know, there's an yeah. epidemic of fatherlessness yes. uh, across the U.S. It's in Canada as well. Mm -hmm. and, um, and and even in homes where the, the father is physically absent, he might be, like, distracted by his phone or emotionally distant or just doesn't know how to engage with his kid. And so there's that, that physical but absent father still, even in homes that may have a father. Yeah, so he flicks on the TV and he's like, well, I'm better than Homer Simpson or I'm better than Peter Griffin. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Like, uh, there's even not a lot of great examples in, in popular media. culture. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that, and that so, that and so, so in, in a yeah. way, it's so in that sense too. You know, you can look at that and be like, well, um, yeah. There's there's lots of there's lots of distractions, and mm -hmm. uh, being a good dad, great dad, is not an accident. And so, anyone who has their kids still in contact with them every day, and mm -hmm. um, they're living their best lives, I have the utmost respect because. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't an accident. It did work. It, it's not an accident. Would you say, though, Jesse, is being a good dad and engaged dad, it's not an accident. You have to be deliberate about it. But is it difficult? Is it hard to oh, be yeah. an engaged dad? Oh, of course. Okay, speak to that. Speak to that a little bit. Just, there's, I mean, there's so much temptation to do literally anything else. And without community or being in the echo chamber telling you that you're important it's very easy to find the path of least resistance mm -hmm. and so like you had that example of like hey it's 7 o'clock kids are all you know just doing their 15 20 minute screens ah let's make it 45 and i can figure out who the top 10 athletes of the 1988 olympic <laughs> or whatever <laughs> whatever yeah. algorithm i'm caught in at that particular time and uh, so, yeah, it's, it's work, but it, it has to be because anything worth having is work, mm -hmm. anything at all. And the benefit, at least in personal development uh, for yourself as a dad, is um, the, the, benefits are, the benefits are there. Um, and maybe not always seen right away. You know, this is a marathon and the trajectory is even, you know, it's not even 18 years, the trajectory of how often you, it's the rest of your life yeah. and and yeah. um so no it's uh it's incredibly difficult but there's a great jim Rohn uh quote about you know the uh it's easy to take the difficult road when you know what your goals are mm -hmm. and you know i have you know values and things that i want for my kids partly because i didn't get them for myself growing up mm -hmm. and so yeah they're difficult but because I know my goals, it makes it, it makes it easy. And uh, that would be the main sort of adjustment that you can make there. 
So, mm-hmm. um, but the, yeah, you know, but isn't the man, have we ever lived in a time where there was more fighting for one's attention than right now? Yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible. Like just the phones that are around, uh, that are around us all the time. Uh, it's yeah. just so much distraction. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so, and, you know, I have a bit about this as well. Not only are we distracted, but we have no one, like, we'll be able to tell our kids, oh my gosh, you put that on the internet. Like we'll be able to tell our kids, we'll be able to tell our kids like, oh, the, the, the nerd, you know, the, the science is in on that. This is absolutely destroying your brain and you can't go anywhere near it. And now there's laws right. and you can't advertise and oh my gosh, what an archaic time they lived in. We're the first, we can't, we, I can't ask my dad green policies. Yeah. I can't ask my dad uh, how my kids have to be careful on Snapchat. Right. We're, we are, the, we're in the uncharted uh, territory. This sort of 20 year period of dads where we've seen the advent of all of this uh, media. Yeah. Yeah. And just media in general. Like, um, I used to have to wait for my favorite TV show to come on (laughs) and then watch whatever episode they decided was the good one that day. Yep. Can't pause it. Can't turn it off. Can't do whatever else. Yeah. You know, that is, that that is not the world that my kids live in and so on. So, um, but it's, it's so important that we admit this to ourselves. Why is it so hard? Oh, because we're the first guys through the door. You know, pioneers always leave with arrows in their backs. And that's that's who we are. We're we're figuring this thing out for our kids and for ourselves. So um it's uh but in for me and what I'm doing, it to me it's exciting. I, I, yeah, I, I'm it's enjoying being, I'm enjoying being the guinea pig and uh you know, like I said, if I'm looking looking for answers and if i'm you know disciplined and diligent it's all it's all out there it's just just yeah. work but nothing's yeah. more transformational than <laughs> transformational than uh than meeting a dad and getting them on this getting them in this sort of river of, of activity right where like they're maybe on the sidelines just getting them involved that one guy told me the other day i'm you know because of our conversations, I'm volunteering at soccer now. It's like, I don't know how to play soccer. Oh, awesome. I want to be in my kids' lives that's more. Amazing. Yes. That's amazing. That's, yeah. what it, and that's all it, it sounds like nothing. But um, but it makes a world of difference to the kid. It can, a world yeah. of difference. It really yeah, does. It really can, yeah. Yeah. Um, this sense of identity, this transformation that can come upon dads um, and the identity that we have you know, once we have a kid, yeah, everything changes. Um, and also community. I have a little experience I want to share with you. And then I want to talk a little bit about community. But sure. when I was in college, I was working late one night. I, we were like working on some project um, and it was me and, and a classmate and we were both married. And uh, I, you know, I said to him, hey, my, my wife's pregnant. I'm going to be a dad. And, uh, you know, this, this friend of mine, he, he stopped what he was doing. And he turned around and he looked at me. And he said, you will never not be a dad again. And, you know, he was, he was really celebratory about it. And he was, you know, yeah. very encouraging about it. But he was just kind of trying to emphasize, like, your identity is different now. Yep. You, are, you are no longer just a man. You are no longer just a student. You're no longer just an employee or whatever. Like, you are dad. And you will never not be dad ever. <laughs> like, that's, that is your identity now. 
And yeah. so you know, we've talked a lot about identity and transformation. And that moment for me was very transformative of, oh yeah, I am. I, have, I need to take that identity upon me and feel the weight of responsibility on that. But I want to speak a little bit to, that was a friend of mine who pointed that out to me. Yeah. Right? He was a peer. He was part of my community. There are dads out there who feel alone, who feel like they can't, they, they don't have anyone to talk to. They don't, and, and maybe they do. Um, but they feel like they can't open up and be vulnerable about, about being a dad or fatherhood or asking about parenting strategies or whatever, whatnot. What do you feel, Jesse? What's the importance of community and friendship for dads in supporting them in their role and identity as dads? Well, it's lacking because you, if you look at where men's mental health is between the ages of 40 and 55, like suicide is, the numbers are going through the roof. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Undiagnosed mental illness in some cases, uh, not being able to talk, not having spaces. Has there ever been a time where men need to ask more questions and safe spaces mm-hmm. than now? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Like it, it changes. It's changing fast and it's hard to keep up. But you get sort of scared. At least I did even. It's like, I don't know. Can I hold the door open for this lady? Like, am I going to get <laughs> yelled at? I, I yeah. don't know. I don't know anymore. <laughs> And I wish I had mm-hmm. someone to ask. Uh, it's incredibly important. And that was why I felt Dare to Dad was necessary. Um, because this is, this is not me as the expert in parenting, but the opposite. The, but I'm, I see myself as a coach. And very rarely do the best players make the best coaches. You know, at least in sports and, and things like uh Often it's the people who've had to grind, the people who've had mm-hmm. to learn it and, and be in it the deepest uh, and work the hardest are th- those who end up being a good coach. And that's because the, it's hard to find spaces. You know, outside of, you mentioned you're religious, like, you know, church for all of its imperfections does at least provide a group of reasonably like-minded people. Mm-hmm right yeah yeah and something and um so there's places to find it and but it's it's i don't know what the barrier if i knew i would be far richer <laughs> but yeah men absolutely need this outlet mm-hmm. they absolutely do um it's, often they're finding it in 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 other ways Facebook groups or places like this. I look at some of the advice on Facebook groups. I'm like, this is, you were better off not not asking the question. Yeah. Like there is like, it's, uh, um, it's just not, this is not the advice that you, that you you ask the real question. You're not getting great advice. Um, so, uh, yeah, find it, find like-minded dads, find like-minded communities online or in person. Um, they're out there or, you know, you have to start it yourself, like you've done and like I've done. And, uh, but there just can't be enough of this right now. I, I just feel like, yeah, at least who I'm talking with, um, and especially the trends in, in mental health for men, like this is a, this is a, a time that it's life-saving, family-saving work, getting men to talk, getting them to get rid of their trauma from their parents, uh, getting them to enjoy the adventure um and uncertainty of of being a father and 
and this idea that identity you will never not be a dad that's so embrace that identity that yeah. any dad listening right now that embracing that identity of dad uh is coming whether you like it or not and i've seen men that get it when their kids have already graduated and left the house and yeah. that's when they get it mm-hmm. and they and they go oh shoot that was it mm-hmm. and that's when they choose their identity now that doesn't mean it's too late but to a man they would all say start earlier enjoy that identity earlier and uh you know the riches the riches are, are waiting for you there and no one will ever love you like kids and you you just yeah. can never love uh at least from my experience uh like you love your kids mm-hmm. yeah and most kids will be highly forgiving if if you haven't really been engaging with them they'll be very forgiving they'll give you lots of second chances yeah um, and uh like it Sometimes it just takes a lot to burn all those bridges, but uh, most dads listening to this, if you just start trying, just start showing up, just start trying to engage, the kids will be forgiving and they'll respond and uh, that love will be there. Yeah, if, they're, if we're talking to that group of dads right now, here's what you do. If you can get them out, if they'll go to coffee with you, if they'll go out with you or go for a walk with you, get them out and then shut up. Get them out and do not say anything yeah. for half an hour, 45 minutes. Start, start there. That's all you have to do. You have to be the first mover. That part's hard. That part can be humbling. But then you go out and then just listen. Just listen. And uh, that's, that's a starting point for sure. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to give any advice. Uh, in some cases, you may have to ask forgiveness, but not even on the first one. If they're, if they're willing to go somewhere with you, um, you can start there and uh, you'd be amazed, amazed. The connection between our biological dads and, and, and their kids is so uh, undersold. You know, there's within our sort of biology, I don't want, I'm not a doctor, but we kind of know that mom will always love us. We kind of know mom will always be there for us. Yeah. That doesn't mean they are, but there's yeah. there's sort of this uh, sense. Instinct. Yeah. Instinct, yes, that that will be the case. With dads, though, there's this approval that we are forever looking for. Mm-hmm. And so they, yeah, there's may have been hers, there may have been whatever, but the seeking of your father's approval is something that look at the look at the main stories and main movies of the past and even tony stark can't mm-hmm. escape right yeah so all of all of those <laughs> avengers movies led all to the superheroes a conversation with his dad <laughs> yes. you've got everything else in the world but what does he want he wants to know his dad loved him dad uh, are you proud of me yeah yes mm-hmm. yes and uh it's not just Tony Stark. It, that that yeah. resonates because each one of us seeing that is like, yes, that is what I want my dad to say those words. I want my yeah. dad to say, I'm proud of you. I want yeah. my dad to say, I love you. I want my dad to be there for me. And that's what I'm trying to do with my kids and uh, trying to help other dads to, yeah. to be there that's the same way. That's beautiful. Yeah. When I was starting Dad Ventures, you know, I was kind of shooting some ideas around with my own dad. Mm. Um, and uh, I was like, yeah, this would be really, really great. But I, I don't 
I don't have any money. I don't have any capital to kind of start a business. And he shot me, he shot me over some money and, and a text. And he said, here's some money, get started. I believe in you. And, uh, just, just those words, I believe in you. Like that was invaluable to me. Um, just to have my dad's approval, you know, and I'm a 30 some odd old man, you know, and I still, yep. I, I still love and crave that approval. Um, yeah. Jesse, this has been such a fun conversation. Um, we've we, we've mentioned a little bit before your Instagram account, but where could dads go to learn a little bit more about you, your work, some of the some of the um, uh, courses that you provide? Where could they go? Yeah, you can uh, can go to Instagram. That's easy. Uh, just dare to dads. Uh, I have a few YouTube videos that I'm working on as well. You can uh, find me dare to dad on YouTube. Um, if you click on the link or you go to daretodad.ca, you'll see that I offer uh, a five-week course online. And the course is a hybrid of personal development, uh, working through stuff with your own dad, and then working forward uh, just in being the leader of your family. And it's a lot of what I said here today, um, but we do it online. There's a lot of talking and a lot of uh, going through things. There's a community aspect to that as well, right? Some, some oh, calls with yeah. you and other dads. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, we get together, we uh, communicate, we celebrate, and we commiserate. You, know, <laughs> you mentioned you're, you're a religious guy. You know, a third of the Bible is Lamentations. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a third of the Bible is, is some dude right in there going, can you believe this nonsense? Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, <laughs> and so that's, uh, that's just a necessary part of, of being human. And so I create space for that. Uh, then dare to dad, and so um, uh, I'll run it again, yeah, in a few weeks online, so people can be a part of that for sure. Right. But anyone can reach out if anything I said resonated with anyone. I'm just a guy in rural BC, so I'm available. Absolutely, and we'll put links to your Instagram account and your website. We'll put those uh, in the show notes as well for anyone who's interested. Um, and uh, thank you, Jesse. You're doing great work. Um, the dads, dads need it. Kids deserve it. Um, so, so keep up that great work, Jesse. Thanks, Aaron. Hey guys, if you're enjoying this podcast, then I know you enjoy the Girl Dad Discussion Podcast. I'm your host, Ernest James, and I believe the relationship between a daughter and her father is one of the most important relationships a young lady can have. And therefore, my mission is to promote the daddy-daughter relationship by sharing the voices of girl dads to the world. So check out our podcast on every platform where podcasts can be listened to. And if you want to watch the podcast, check us out on our YouTube channel. Again, that's the Girl Dad Discussions Podcast with your host, Ernest James.